0: Thanks so much for joining me for today's show. This episode was recorded a couple of weeks ago, and since then, there has been a tragedy that has hit very close to home. As you probably know, on the evening of February 13th, 2023, there was an active shooter who opened fire in two locations on Michigan State University's campus, killing three people and also injuring five others. Now, if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen my posts about this event, including I was posting as it was happening in real time. Something you never expect to get is a text message from your family saying, "There's an active shooter on campus, and we're going on lockdown now. About seven forty five central time, Jalen had texted me that she was in the law library and they were barricading the doors. For over four hours, she and her fellow students sat in the dark on the second floor of the library. They were listening to police scanners, reading MSU emails, texting friends all across campus, and just trying to piece together what the heck was going on. It's quite sad that in today's day and age, these texts have become more and more common. We see these events on TV, we get the notifications on our phone, and while we always empathize and sympathize with the families involved in these events, to experience it firsthand is, for one, something that I never thought I would deal with. And two, I really can't describe how it feels when you're sitting at home being texted updates about an active shooter and you're getting info every few minutes as to what's going on on campus, but you're not there. So you really don't know as much as the people that are living it and breathing it right then and there. And also there was a lot of false information being communicated, such as the fact that there were at least four shooters across campus As I discussed, when Jalen and I appeared on News Nation's Morning in America on Tuesday morning, when you learn that there are multiple shooters involved, that escalates the severity of the situation and consequently increases the number of threats that there are on campus. And it's a very, very stressful time. And people were also being told that shooters were posing as police officers to try to get into buildings and that there were also some students being held hostage. Again, very frightening for those that are on campus. After the actual shooter had been discovered by police, Jalen told me that there was someone banging on the library doors. But since there had been no reports of police heading to the library, the students weren't sure if it was somebody that was dangerous or if it was police or what, so they didn't want to open the doors. I mean, can you imagine hearing banging on your building after you've been sitting there for four hours trying to piece together what's going on and not knowing if it's safe to open the doors or not? This is just crazy. It's just really, really scary for everyone involved. And on News Nation, they had asked, what time did I finally go to bed? And I mean, I didn't sleep until Jalen had texted me that the police had cleared them from the building and Jalen barely got any sleep before we had to be up early to appear on live television. So it's been an exhausting past few days to say the least. But Something that I wanted to share on the show that I learned yesterday was that since the beginning of 2023, there have been 67 mass shootings, a mass shooting being defined as four or more people shot, not including the gunman. Think about that for a minute. 67 mass shootings in the past approximate 45 days. That's just insane. And in 2022, there were about 600 mass shootings i mean this is over one mass shooting a day for me that's just mind boggling i don't know what the answer is but what i do know is something has got to change and when is enough enough we talk about this after every shooting and so again i don't i don't know what the solution is but change needs to occur now they always say that the comeback is stronger than the setback And the tragic events of Monday night will not break the MSU community. As unfortunate and sad as it is, and my heart, thoughts, and prayers go out to the victim's families and friends, this event will bring the Spartan family closer together. They will rebuild, and MSU is forever Spartan strong. If you know anyone who is a student, who's a staff member, or who's a family member of either, remember that physically this is over, but there is still a long way to go to heal from a mental and emotional standpoint. So please, please, please continue to check in on your friends and family and encourage them to utilize the resources that MSU has provided to them to help with their healing. We will get through this together. Something else this event also did for me was it was a reminder about how life can change in an instant and tomorrow is never promised. These are two things that were part of the reason why I wanted to write my latest book, Dominate the Game." it's important that we are always intentional and purposeful with how we spend our time and who we spend it with. So please make sure that you are spending it on the things and with the people that matter. Now you can probably tell that my voice is a little bit raspy and I sound off. It's been an exhausting, exhausting past few days. I just got back to from Arizona and the Super Bowl. And so that was just go, go, go. And then coming back and having to deal with this Monday night, it's just been really, really tiring. And so I'm, I'm getting a little bit sick. I think I'm Losing the battle, but I definitely wanted to come on here and just share some thoughts about what happened this past Monday. All right. So, we're going to get into the show, but just to take us back on a positive note, I did mention I was in Arizona for Super Bowl weekend. And as you would expect, I was always moving the ball and dominating the game from top golf with Terrell Davis and Willie Galt to being on the field with Team RG3 and Team McGrady for flag football to chatting with Emmett Smith and get this, having Michael Irvin as my coach for Football Pong. If you've never played Football Pong, it's a blast. It was a fun weekend, but it wasn't just about having a good time. I was in many discussions on upcoming projects and also some future podcast episodes. So stay tuned for that. More to come. All right, now let's get to the show. Hey everybody, I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, thanks for joining me today. We're in a new season of the show, and it's time to make things happen, to go against the grain, to push boundaries, and yep, you got it, to dominate. Really quickly, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also leave us a review. On today's show, I've got a special guest and dear friend with me, Jose Jefferson, who is not only moving the ball, he's also making an incredible impact. You all know that the XFL is about to kick off their season, and on this episode, not only does Jose share the XFL's journey to launch, he also discusses why the XFL's got things down right. And we'll also talk about his baby, the College Iron Showcase, why he started it, and how CGS has helped so many players get an opportunity in the NFL and other professional football leagues. Jose's also got some great thoughts on leadership, too. Have a listen in. Jose, it's great to have you on the show and inside the huddle with us. You know, I saw you last month down in Fort Worth for the College Iron Showcase, and I'm looking forward to talking with you today. How are you?
1: I'm awesome. You know, we're, we're, we're stuck in this Dallas uh, winter storm, but no, things are great. It's in the evening and we have some meetings and whatnot, but things are going really well, surprisingly well.
0: And we're about to kick off the XFL season, which you are obviously aware of. So really excited for that, as I know you are, and we'll get into that as well. And it's really an exciting time for everyone that's involved with the organization. And, and yeah, so I'm excited. I know you are. And we'll chat about that a little bit later in the show. Lots of great things to talk about on our episode. We're in a new season of the show. And every year I'm always thinking about like, what is it that I wanna focus on for this season? What are the conversations that are really gonna be beneficial and value added for the listeners? For me, this season is all about getting stuff done and helping the listeners to do that in whatever fields that they're in. And you know, it's not just about moving the ball, but it's really about elevation, getting to that next level, pushing boundaries, getting outside of the comfort zone, and dominating. So, I think for me, when I embarked on this full-time journey of being an entrepreneur, I started doing this, and every year I have a word. And when I first heard about people doing, it, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, but. I've kind of embraced it. And so for me, I have a word I'm going to share. But before I do that, what is your, if you were to have a word or think of a word that would be like the thing that you want to focus on for 2023, what would that be?
1: Organization. Organization. That would be the key word, especially between the XFL and CGS. Wow. It was, it was an amazing five days of utter chaos, but it was great. But I felt a little bit disorganized and, and I think anybody would, because we, I went through two orientations at the same time. It was the XFL orientation and then the CGS orientation, you know, within hours of each other for three days, two to two or three days. And then we got into the, the meat of, of things with both XFL and CGS. But I just want to be organized and be able to feel good about everything that's going on that I'm doing, that I'm holding up my end. Yeah, that would be the word for for the share.
0: And I think that's a great word because it is important to be organized. I mean, we know that when you live kind of a life of randomness, you're less productive. You get less things done, right? And so organized is a great word. And I think it's something that all of us need to think about. You know, I end every show with the phrase until next time, make sure you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. And that's kind of been my signature thing with this and suiting up is about not only mindset and that mental preparation, but it's the organization and getting ready to go and move the ball and do the tactical actions that you need to do to execute your strategy so that you can be successful.
1: Well, I agree 100%. A lot of people, they see a lot of people want to be a part of the result, not part of the process. I I pride myself with being a part of the process and, and like I said, but that's, becomes, that comes with being organized. So that's why, like, when I backed up and I had to think about it a little bit, because, you know, I've always strived to to be the hardest worker in the room as well. But, you know, obviously that's more than just one word, but to do that, you have to be organized. So no, I agree. I think that's awesome.
0: And and being a hard worker, though, a lot of people think that hard work just means I'm busy, right? I'm always going, I'm in motion. That doesn't mean you're working on the right things. So, it's really about being organized, being better prepared so that you are setting the stage for each week, each day, and making sure you're accomplishing the things that are really going to move the ball forward.
1: It's it's about knocking tasks down. It's like coaching. A lot of guys would stay in the meeting room for, you know, 20, you know, 10, 12 hours or whatever it was. And I, I don't grind to grind. I, I refuse to do that. And when that's one of the reasons why even now being out of coaching, I mean, I haven't Been in coaching full time for, wow, almost 10 years now. I I don't miss that grind of it, but being here with the XFL, it's great to go and sit and watch film, but then be able to dip out (laughs) when I want to. No, I don't grind to grind and I am task driven and I do make a checklist every day. I got sticky notes all over and when they're done, I rip them off and I go. But, you know, I, I used to work with people like that. It's an eight hour day and they spend four hours walking around telling everybody how busy they were. And then the other four hours actually doing their job. And, and I'm not that person. I just get stuff done. And, and I want to be as productive as I can and, and maximize as much of the, I mean, we all get the same 24 hours. You know, we've heard that a lot, but it's just a matter of how you use those 24 hours. I mean, and I take a vacation every day and people laugh at me, but I, I do, I take a 15 minute vacation every day to where I, I put the phone down. I, I don't respond to anybody. I either take a walk, go for a run. You know, even if it's just sitting in the bathroom, you know, even if I don't have to go, you know, it's just one of those things to where it's fifteen minutes to reflect and kind of get back on task and and focus on those things. So you're not just trying to be busy or look busy all the time.
0: You bring up up a couple points. Everyone has the same amount of twenty four hours in a day, right? Fourteen hundred and forty minutes, eighty six thousand four hundred seconds every single day. You get to choose what you want to do with that time and. You know that I recently released my book, Dominate the Game, Well, there's actually a chapter in there that's called Manage the Game Clock because while in football, you've got 60 minutes of playing time in regulation and teams are managing that, for us, we have 24 hours in the day. And so that's our game clock. And you really need to be intentional and purposeful. And so for me, my word for this year is savage. And the reason for that is it is about dominating us, not just moving the ball, but really getting to that next level. And, you know, it's being intentional. It's being fearless. It's being purposeful. And it's just being laser focused. Like for me, it's really, I tend to be a pretty focused person like you do. And I get a lot of stuff done, but it's like, let's, let's narrow in it even more make sure that every day I'm focusing on the right things. And I say no to a lot of things because it's important. You can easily just suck up so much time saying yes to everything. So I'm very much a big, no, I'm not doing that or like me, I'm sure for you, people reach out to you all the time. Hey, Jose, let's collaborate on this. Let's go do that. You can easily be pulled in directions.
1: It's That's very humbling. I mean, it truly is. And I, and I pride myself with trying not to say no. I mean, and not so much because I'm not able to. I mean, it's easy to just say no. And, and I, I, I have a mantra when I talk to my boss you know, Mark Ross, who's who's uh, executive vice president for the XFL. I always tell him, you know, just give me a head nod. I said, give me a slow yes instead of a quick no. And um, <laughs> I know that grinds him because you know it, it's it's basically saying, you know, hear me out. But I, I get it because it it could be the other way around, and that's what I always think about. It could be nobody calling, nobody asking me for anything, nobody want anything to do with me. And if somebody sees that I can help them, I mean, that's, that's humbling in itself to think that somebody thinks that I have obviously have something or am somebody that can help them. And and I've always modeled myself with trying to be that person that I needed when I was in that situation, regardless if I was a kid, if I was in my 20s, if I was a young coach, whatever. And so I, I, I look at that at 30,000 feet. Obviously, somebody is asking me, something because they feel I can help them. And that, I don't, I guess I don't feel like people think that, oh, they're just trying to use me for something. Or I don't, I don't get that as much as I, I when I risk my head in the pillow at night, I just want to know that I've done everything possible to be a better person. I, you know, I, I tell my twin boys this all the time, you're good enough is good enough. You know I mean? Whenever you're doing something, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I got to put, no, you're good enough is good enough. However, good isn't good if it can be better and better isn't better if it can be best. And, and that's a you thing you got to be intrinsically motivated to get the better and best. And so that's my better and best is if I can help somebody, that's better. And if it actually comes to fruition, that's what I help them with, gets them what they want, that's best. And so that's why it's hard for me to, to say no to a lot of people. Not that I, you know, I'm an easy yes, but I, I just tell people all the time, I'll help if I can. And if I can't, I'll point you in a direction that'll help you a little bit better than what I can at this moment.
0: When I say saying no to things, it's really about saying no to things being the priority of today. So people reach out to me, I'll qualify, well, why do you want to meet? What do you want to talk about? So I can make that decision for one, am I in a position to help you? Two, it might not be the right time for me to help you because I'm focused on something else. That doesn't mean I will not help you, but maybe it's next week we're going to talk, not this week, right? Or in a couple weeks. weeks. So, so it's really about just staying locked in on the focus of today. It's always important to serve others. I'm one that loves to give back and try to help because I remember where I was and how there were people that helped me, right? So we always have to do that, but you don't have to do it immediately. Drop what you're doing to be of service to others.
1: No, it never goes to that. And I was always told if service is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you.
0: Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm.
1: But it's true. It's very true. And when you say service, people think, you know, a servant, you know, and it is in their servant leadership. But you have to be able to motivate people. You have to be able to, I mean, leadership is, is an action. You know, it's not a thing, you know, I'm not the boss because somebody said I'm a leader because I have action and I'm and I'm pulling people in a direction and and people see that. And that's what come, like I said, if you can't serve anybody, it's that Bob Dylan song, you know, you might be the devil or you might be the Lord, but you're always going to have to serve somebody. That always rings in my head when it comes to helping people or or being of service. And, and I can't help everybody. I, and that's the thing that I've gotten over is that I don't feel like a failure when I have to tell somebody no or when I can't do anything for them, but at least my intention is to help. And I get it. Sometimes the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I get that. But I, I know my intention was to help. And if I if I don't feel like I can do that, I'm going to pass you to somebody who I feel is better suited to do this. So like I said, I, I, I try not to let leadership be, be beyond me because I know service is not beneath me.
0: I love that. Thank you for that. And something else that you mentioned earlier about is you take a vacation every day. So in Dominate the Game, the book, there's also a chapter called Call the Timeout. And it's very important for us to take those breaks, to reset, recharge, just just get up and move. You know, I I recently did a, a book signing and I was talking about five ways to dominate 2023. And one of those is about taking the break, making sure that you are getting up, get your body moving and your your body needs that so that you can be energized and productive. And so I think it's great that you incorporate that into your daily routine. So going to service, you're definitely someone you know throughout the time that we've known each other has always been focused on making a genuine impact and, and caring about other people. And you, know, you started this College Gridiron Showcase nine years ago. Well, I mentioned when we opened the show, I saw you down in Fort Worth last month. And I mean, a great production. I mean, you and the team have really done a phenomenal job. So kudos to you and them. It does take a team to move the ball. And so you've got just world-class people and uh, top-notch talent helping you to put on the production. So let's run things way back, though. Well, talk to us about, you saw a need, and so you started CGS. Like, walk us through, like, how did that come to be?
1: Well, I was invited to go to... Uh, All star game. I was, I was in and out of football at the time doing some, some pro bono work and some very part time work for a couple, couple teams and a couple leagues. And a buddy of mine, in fact, it was Craig Redd, our director of operations had asked me to come to this bowl, which I'll. Remain nameless, and he goes, "Why don't you just come down and and be a part of it?" Because he knew that I was kind of jonesing to do something. So I go down to the bowl, which I won't tell you where it's at. You <laughs> know, just it's been ten years ago, but I went to this thing, and it was like the worst organized thing I've ever been around. And I got pulled in a lot of directions to help. And if it wasn't for Craig, I'd have been like, "No, I'm out of here" or whatever. But you know, I want to help him because, you know, he was obviously helping this person and it was just terrible. So at the end of the event, I took a notebook and I'm writing and it's about 20 pages like front and back. I mean, and I'm, I'm a note taker and I'm just going and I hand this to Craig and I said, you know, if you ever do this again, you may want to think about this. <laughs> and he goes, well, if you, if you're so certain about, you know, you, you make it better, why don't you start your own game? And it was like, Hmm. You know, <laughs> let me think about this. And it took about three months of research. And you know, I, I had some savings and some things. And it started out as you know, I'm just going to do this game. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it like this. And then it gives me an opportunity to coach. You know, and it was so much going on that I, I. It's. I mean, we're going on year ten, and I have not coached one soul at CGS the whole time. And so the first year we we did the gala you know, and you took the kids bowling and you do this and you do the game and you get on TV and we had 15 kids to the combine. We had 10 kids drafted this and it was a success. We had about 3000 people at this game. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it was a success. However, I was miserable. It was it was horrible for me because I did nothing different than senior shrine PA. Nothing different except for the senior bowl has the city of Mobile. The Shrine Bowl has the hospital and the NFLPA has the NFLPA money. And it's just me. I'm still a thousandaire. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to compete with this. I can't keep doing this. And I, I, I have a, a saying that I always say to myself when it comes to doing things that everybody wants to be number one, but nobody wants to be first. And, and in order to be successful, you have to be first at some things. And the first one through the wall always gets bloody. And, and you got to be able to want to take those chances. And so we just tore it down broke down CGS, tore it down, like, you know, we're doing the same thing everybody else does. Where are the problems at? Where are the holes at? And we developed a system that works. And the thing, the reason why I know it works is because I got people nipping at my heels all the time, namely one of them being the NFL. And um, and I say that not in a, you know, derogatory way, but they privately support us and publicly Kind of keep us at arm's length because they want to do what we do but their tradition won't allow them to do that I mean our Sir Shrine and the Senior Bowl have been around for 100 years they're not going to instantly stop that <laughs> to do the things the way we do it. however we have this we have developed a program that has grown 300 percent. We are the largest postseason all-star college event in the country and that wasn't by design I didn't plan on it being this big and it has. We, our interview process is second to nobody, nobody. We have the most interview time out of any event, you know, and the thing about it is everybody, every other event knows that too. The best compliment we ever got was a scout was telling me that um, he went up to, uh, Jim Nagy came up to him from the senior bowl and said, hey, how can we improve our interview process? And the scout goes, I don't know, go to CGS. They seem to have it figured out. That was a huge compliment, you know, that he would say that. We do other things like DEXA scan, which nobody does unless you go to the combine or get a top 30 visit. You won't get a DEXA scan. We do seminars and and I'm dating myself, but the old NFL symposium, they did financial seminars, social justice, domestic violence, how to be a pro, life after a pro. We do those things. And then the the main thing is we go from the third round down. We want those kids, you know, and, and I'll let the other events fight for the top 150 guys, go ahead and do that. I want guys like Kenny Nawangu, who got passed over by anybody. Gunnar Osheski, who got passed over by anybody. Adam Butler, who got passed over by everybody. And the names and list goes on and, on and on and on and on and on and on because we're finding those guys that they were honestly they were like me when I came out. There was only I think three events: the Senior, the Shrine, and the Blue Gray game, and they weren't looking for a five foot nine, 175 pound receiver. You know, even though I ran a 428 and a 40, nobody was looking for me. I wanted to get that experience and give a game for a guy like me to be able to perform in. And since then, we have grown. We have, I mean, it's just been great. And um, I parlayed a hobby into a career, which is equated where I'm sitting right now with the Brahmas. (laughs) You know, the XFL came and got me. uh, And I say that not, not bragging. I didn't apply for this job. They saw how CGS was ran. They saw the value of CGS. Right now, I think the XFL drafted 422 guys. 272 were from the past three draft classes. And over a hundred of those guys are CGS guys. They see the value. And so with that, you know, a, a job offer ensued. And and I, like I said, I had no idea. I knew nobody, but CGS is a way for people like myself as a player and as a football person to network and go to that next level. I mean, we have a symposium for college students to be personnel and operations people and last year we had 3 kids hired, hired, not interviewed just hired, you know, into NFL offices being scouting coordinators or scout uh, scouting helpers or whatever and I thought I was beyond that being I'm 52 years old. I didn't think that was in my wheelhouse to do that. And next thing you know, here's the XFL saying, hey, we got an opportunity for you because this is what we see. So I'm a firm believer in living proof that it works. I love my event. I love the people that are involved in it. And every single last person that has walked through that door is a CGS guy for life. And I love it.
0: You've done such a great job and the team over the years with it. And I mean, you can hear the passion in your voice and just how you love to serve and really make a difference for so many young men and for their future career path, whether they end up getting drafted in the NFL or they go be a pro in life in some career field. I mean, you are definitely making a difference. And I mean, just to share the success just in last year alone, you have over 90 cgs alumni that are actively on nfl rosters so i mean kudos again to everything that you're doing and there's a couple of things that i wanted to mention that you made me think about one you talk about the opportunity with the xfl and how you didn't apply for the job but people saw that you were doing and the first class job of a production that was put on and because of that opportunities were afforded to you and so i think it's important too that so there is a piece of the book that talks about always doing things first class. And that didn't, I didn't come up with that. Byron Chamberlain, who is a good friend of mine, back-to-back Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos. He mentioned that on the podcast a couple seasons ago, but it's so true. Like when you put your best self out there and you do quality work, people notice that. And even with the Move the Ball podcast, I've had so many people reach out and opportunities. I didn't, i mean, like you. I mean, there was a time I didn't know a lot of people, right? And so it's, it's just, when you do good work and you really differentiate yourself and the value that you bring to the marketplace, opportunities will come and clients and, you know, people will come to your business. Opportunities will come for jobs or for other revenue generating activities. So it's really um, important to, you know, always look at, are you doing things first class and make sure that you are something else I wanted to mention when I was at CGS here last month? At the very end of the event, you pull all the kids together and you say some words, right? And one of the things you talked to the kids about was to look around and look at who is with them on the field and to stay in contact with those other new friends that they may have made. And what you said was, I'm going to paraphrase because I didn't write it down, but I made a mental note when we were there, was you said, this is bigger than football and the relationships, some of them will be for life. And you pointed to the people that were part of the CGS staff and you said, some of these people I've known for a long, long time, right? And they're my friends for life. But I mean, it's so too. This isn't just about football. It's about making relationships that will carry on wherever you go. Football, as you know, is a short time in someone's life, respectively, right? As a profession, it doesn't last very long for many. For some, it lasts longer, but there's a lot more that's gonna happen in your life. Beyond football, so the relationships that you make are very important, and the relationships that you've made earlier in your life is what has helped to make CGS a great production as well. Just, and so, I think networking and building relationships with people is so important, and a lot of people forget that because they're so short-sighted on like what is it that I need to do right now versus focusing on the bigger picture.
1: Well, it's it's like I say, you, you are who your friends are. When you encounter people, either they bring you know, your best version or your worst version of yourself. I mean, and I have a buddy of mine who, you know, I want to do what you do with CGS. And and I'm like, well, if you want to do what I do at CGS, you have to do what I do for CGS. And he didn't understand that. He just thought CGS saw it. And he's like, you're crazy. You, I mean, cause at the time I was a, uh, an associate athletic director for a, a small college, and I and I was doing that and doing CGS, and and he's like, well, why would you do that? And 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 I go because I said I, I work my job, and then I get home, spend time with the, you know the fam or what have you, and then I put in time at CGS, and and sometimes that goes into eleven, twelve at night, and then you got to get right back up at five or six in the morning to do it again. And the reason being is that I said I, I'd be getting gosh darned if I'm going to work my butt off. For somebody else and not do it for myself, you know, and and then you have to be around people like they say, either you have people that that bring energy or they suck it out of the room. And, and I want to be that person that brings energy. And it's tough, you know, sometimes, you know, when you when you don't want to roll out of the rack or, or things aren't always going your way. But you have to find people, or you either have to be that person, or find people that bring that best version of you out. And that's what I was telling those guys: is you know, if you want a coach, call me. If you want a job, call me. If you want a workout, call me. I'll help you. But the whole thing is meet me halfway. I can't do it all, you know, for you. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not an instant win. Once you call and oh, Jose's got it. No, you got to meet me halfway. But that's like I said with those kids all those people behind me have some sort of relationship with me for anywhere from five to 25 years. And if you had added all those years together, I mean, it's hundreds of hundreds of years of background of people that, that I know from some point in time in my life and they have made me a better person. And in, in repaying them, I pull them back into this event that they can put their own platform. One of my best friends, his name's Adrian Lunsford. We played ball together 27 years ago and, and slowly kept in touch. And like he said, there was never a point to where we weren't friends. And now he runs, in collaboration with CGS, he runs a girls' high school football event. And it's slowly growing to one of the better events in the country because not only do you know you get the, you know, the young ladies and you do flag football, we're not doing that. We're teaching them. Uh, number 1 the game number 2 we have people who know how to play flag football because people think oh it's just flag football to coach them and then we bring in college colleges that play the NAIA has 15 teams and they come and evaluate these girls and this year they had 60 girls and 19 of them got full scholarships right on the button that's amazing and i never would have thought that i would be involved with something like that and and it's because of my relationship with Adrian who has a passion for that and we built passion and I'm like, you know what, you put the product out there. I'll put the frame around it. Let's get this thing going. That That's, you know, I got chills just, you know, thinking about that because did I do anything? No, but I supported. And I mean, we take care of the field. We take care of the insurance. We get all the people there. We got, you know, Adrian does the work there, but that's because of my relationship with him and I know what he's all about and I love it.
0: I love the story. And uh, many people don't know that I actually used to sit on a board for the women's semi-pro tackle football team. Uh, The Women's National Football Conference are still in the active league today. And so, I mean, I, I grew up falling in love with football at a young age. So there's so many things that I took away from the sport that it just teaches you to be successful in life. And so to have more women experience that the game that I fell in love with. It's just it's incredible. So it's really neat to see. Now something else you made me think about too. I mean, it's great to to make friends when you have a a fun event like CGS, but it's not relationships don't just come from those things. They also come from things that are failed ventures or, you know, things that didn't go your way. Something that you know about me that a lot of my listeners don't necessarily know is I used to run the day-to-day and be an an advisor for a men's semi-pro startup football league that would have competed with the XFL had they got up and and running. And I spent two and a half years in it. They spent four years in it in total trying to get it going. And at the end of the day, it didn't work. But the people, there were so many great people that I got to interact with, former players from the league, just great business people, all kinds of amazing people. A number of them are ride or dies today. I mean, we talk. We don't necessarily always talk as much as we did when we were in the nitty gritty of this. But I mean, I know that I can call them at any time and talk or get advice or, you know, pull a favor if I needed something or a connection. And we always talk about how there's other opportunities for us to do things together. And so that's what building relationships is about. You know, you keep those connections, those friendships, those professional colleagues around because, you know, it's not just about what are you doing today? It's about how can you guys support each other in your entire lifetime?
1: Right. My, my son, I have twin boys and the older twin always says, you have a lot of friends. And because it, it's, you know, obviously 16 and having friends is important. And I just said, No, I really don't have a lot of friends. I just said, You know, it's like that saying, be known by many, but known well by few. I said, I actually am known well by a lot of people. The funny story about that is about a couple of years ago, we're at CGS and this guy comes up and he's talking, you know, he's kind of trying to big boy the, the room. And he's like, Yeah, you know, I know Jose and blah, blah, blah. He's talking right in my face. <laughs> and everybody's kind of looking at this guy because they're, Yeah, you know, me and Jose go way back and blah. blah. And I'm thinking, are you talking about me in the third person? And so I'm going and he's like, yeah, yeah. Where's Jose at, blah, blah, <laughs> <laughs> All Oh, let's do bunny. And so I I said, I'll, I'll go great. I'll go get him. And everybody's kind of laughing underneath their breath. And I just walked away. And, and you know, I don't want to have any uh, laugh at this guy's expense, but it just tells you, um, a buddy of mine had said, a good, great friend of mine had said, you know, you've, you've arrived in, 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 you know, a certain genre in this world, you know, because if people are talking about you like they know you and they don't, it's like CGS. Nobody really knows it stands for College Gridiron Showcase. I mean, if you poll people, I'd say half the people would get it right. But everybody knows what CGS is. It's like KFC. My kids don't know what KFC stands for, but they love it, you know, and and so I, I really take pride in that. But like I said, the building the relationships, I had zero relationships with anybody in the XFL, none. And they, they really took a shot on me and and I, and I thank them for that. They owed me nothing. You know, they, they just took a shot on me. And now when I got hired by Mark Ross and he had asked me what my goals were. And and the reason why I go down this road is when you talk about relationships, I just said, I have two goals. And I said, first and foremost, my goal is to do a good enough job to where I get asked back next year. And secondly, I want to be the best hire you ever made. And, and that's a goal. In our private conversations, he keeps telling me, he goes, You're ranking right up there. You rank it right up there. And that makes me feel good, you know. And and Heinz Ward is is another one that I had zero relationship with. And just like any other successful person and and, and any other head coach, it's really hard to to trust, you know, and, and I don't blame him, you know. I mean, it's once you're in that circle, you're in the circle. And Heinz Heinz and me went from a relationship of him calling me once a week. So I think one day the record was 23 times he called me in one day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know it's from midnight or 5 in the morning we sit and talk and it's really weird we don't talk about football strategy. We talk football philosophy and 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 leadership. I'm I in a rare position with him to where I I've I have more head coaching experience than he does. Um I have more coaching experience than he does. I'm older than he is and so Our relationship is a lot different than a lot of the other, you know, directors of team operations with their head coaches. They can't say that, you know, and so uh, and not to to say, you know, I'm bragging that I'm better than them. It's just a different relationship because he doesn't look at me as a kid. He doesn't look at me as a person without experience. He doesn't look at me. I mean, case in point, I'm an assistant receivers coach. I sit in on our personnel meetings. You know, I mean, Hines and I talk privately. For about a half hour, 45 minutes every day, you know, just on the day, what needs to go on. And I know the other DTOs do that, but not with some of the depth that we talk about and some of the decisions that need to be made. And so I'm humbled by that. And that's a relationship built. I've been fired about 10 times already so far. So (laughs) I got fired because I have an Android and he has an iPhone. Um, I got fired because I made a comment about the University of Georgia. I got fired. Um, what did I do? I got fired because we had spinach instead of romaine lettuce. <laughs>
0: oh man. <laughs> you know, I love it. It
1: goes on and on and on, you know. But no, it's it's been a great, great experience. And that's a great relationship that I have with him. And it's funny because I told him, I said, I've always admired you as a receiver. I, I'm not a huge Steelers fan, but I've always admired him. And now it's just he's just coach Ward to I me mean, you know or Hines I mean we have such a different relationship and and this guy is a, is a guy that you know I could easily see being friends for another 20 years even if we if were doing this or we're not because of what we've done already.
0: Well I love the dynamic I know you guys are having a lot of fun so we're going to continue this XFL conversation but first we're going to take a quick break. Hey have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy to implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. So let's talk some more about the XFL. You guys are about to kick off the season. There's a lot of work that goes into launching a new football league, right? The XFL as a brand has been around. Um, There's been a couple other organizations associated with it from an ownership standpoint. You know, back in... 2020 or back at year around the COVID days, XFL filed for bankruptcy, Dwayne, the Rock Johnson, and his investment partners, they bought the XFL assets. And I know there's all been a lot of people that are excited for the launch because they've been waiting for this day to happen. And I know you are excited, but, but there's a lot of work that goes into this. Share with us some of the challenges and things that have led up to where you're at now and about to kick off.
1: You know, I, I just think there's uh, this is I think my seventh expansion league, like, seventh, sixth, or seventh, right around there, so you have the people who have been in it and the people who have not and and it's just a matter of pulling the people who have not to the side, the people who have have been a part of it and understand that everything is your job and nothing is your job if that means anything, you know sometimes you don't have to do anything, and sometimes you have to do a lot of things i I feel very comfortable and, and strong with the, the management that's behind it. I mean, they're a bunch of great people. They're open to a lot of ideas because as our president, Russ Brandon says, he's been in the NFL for 22 years. And he's, he's still excited about this venture more so than, than those 22 years, which says something, you know, so they, they, everybody has a personal stake in this. And, and I think it's a big, you know, we're trying to prove the league. And, and they had a big meeting. Jerry Cardinal, Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, and they all sat there and they just were real with everybody for about 20, 30 minutes. I mean, when I mean real, like The Rock was cursing a little bit, which is kind of funny, you know, when you see him. I mean, it wasn't because he was trying to be funny. It just meant so much to him that, that some of the words that came out, he was just being real. Danny was being real. Jerry was being real. And they never, I don't think any league has ever had everybody who's involved with the league and in terms of an office and all the teams together in one area. And we did it at Texas Live. And I know you're, you know, we're all looking around, oh, you know, there's St. Louis, oh, there's Vegas, eh," you know. But at the end of the day, it was like, wow, they brought us all together just to say thank you and to say, we're here for you. We're in this thing for the long haul. It was amazing. I know they taped it and and it's probably going to be seen on the website, but being there, you know, for me, being a guy that's been involved in in leagues like this, it gave me chills and it gave me hope that you know it's not just going to be some fly by night thing and and you know or you know it's going to be that I, I think they they get it you know and that that's the best phrase I can say they just get it and they know you got to take a step back to take two or three forward they know. Like they say, being the first one through the wall, they're going to get bloody. And I know there's the USFL, but they're doing it. They're not doing it the way you know DJ, Danny, and and Jerry are. They're just not. I mean, just we have coaches on our staff that are from there that are expressing that and and some of the things you see and not saying that they're a bad league. I'm not going to get into all that. That I don't work for the USFL. That's not you know I, it's not for me to talk about them in a negative light as much as just saying. You could just see some of the things that we're doing that others are not. When you, you're involved with one of the most popular human beings in the universe, you know, you, you, it's going to be hard to, to lose. And all you need to do is meet them halfway. And, and I think that's what their, what their message was. Meet us halfway. You know, we'll, we'll put in the support. You guys do the work. And with that, I mean, it's going to be a great deal. So I was very encouraged. Because I was I was skeptical getting into this. Obviously, you see from the outside, you know, twenty years ago, one year done, two years ago, five games done, and now here you are embarking on this again. But it, it, it's totally different when you talk to people who were involved two years ago. Totally different deal. So I'm encouraged and excited to be a part of it.
0: I look at, I mean, I watch a lot of organizations. I mean, from my business standpoint, you know, I I do business and branding consulting and I look at how the XFL has held themselves out as an organization. And from the outside, looking at everything the XFL does, I mean, it looks first class. And, you know, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Dwayne Johnson is one of the most popular people on the planet. I think There's a lot of excitement by spectators because he's involved. But I also would expect nothing less than first class from him either because of the caliber of person that he is and who he associates himself with. So I definitely think it's going to be a great season. It's going to be a well-run production from all the teams. Something you said too. And when I say I look at organizations, I mean, I used to work in some of the most powerful global brands in the world. So like, I know what right looks like. And I think that the XFL is doing it right. So that's a kudos to all of you. But the other thing that I was going to say was, you mentioned how the XFL leadership brought everyone together. Yes, you all represent different teams, different organizations, different quote, unquote, markets, right. And one of the things with the football league that I was a part of this most recent one, we were also at the leadership level, like the team owners and their staffs. we all worked together through the day-to-day strategy piece when it was, when it would have been time for launch. Okay. Yeah, we're opponents and we're going to compete from a game standpoint, but as a business, we're in this together because the league doesn't succeed if the markets don't succeed and the individual teams as organizations. And so I think that just having that, Meeting where everyone was put together and felt unified was the right way to do it culturally and to set the tone for what the x f l is about and and so there's no doubt in my mind it's going to do great things this year
1: no, we're excited i mean it's it's it can't start soon enough, but then again, we'd like more time
0: <laughs> of course
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know you want to get it right and and you want to do right by the fans you want to do right by the players, right by the ownership and your only way you're going to do that is by kicking the ball off. I mean we know this, but um we would all want a little bit more time to to make it perfect but it just the success is going to be kicking off the ball the sustained success is going to be doing it right and so i i truly feel that that they're on that path
0: and and it's very tough to launch a new football league but it is even harder to have a sustainable league right that isn't there for only 5 weeks or one season and then they're gone so i mean you definitely want to make sure there's a lot of hard work and planning and Debates and consideration that goes into are you doing the right things for the long term viability of the league. right? So something that I want to ask you: so We talked about how popular The Rock is, and but you know he's obviously in his career; he's had a great career, many successes as an actor, as a businessman. He's a very powerful influencer. When you look at his leadership abilities and his business savviness, what impresses you most?
1: You know, I've only met him I think three times. And the second time I met him, I I spent a pretty decent amount of time, you know, about a good 20, 30 minutes in a room with him and Danny. The thing that that strikes me is just he's humbled. I mean, I I mean, and I know that's probably kind of hard to believe, you know, a guy that's who he is, but you can tell that that life and, and things that have happened in his life has humbled him and he's. You know, it's kind of intimidating when he first talked to me. The guy's all of six five, I mean, and a very sizable man. But he's like this close to you. I mean, when he's talking to you. And and it's intimidating. And not because he's trying to intimidate you, he's focusing on every word you're saying, you know, so the next time he meets you, he knows. You know, I mean he he's he's got you, he knows your name, he knows where you're from, and he's that sharp. And Danny is intelligent as well too and i think that their combination is is outstanding but i i truly think he gives a darn or you know as he said it a little differently but you know i i truly think he cares about it and he doesn't like to fail and because he's he's failed you know i mean and that's what i'm saying that's why i think he's been humbled he talks about his failed nfl career he talks about his failed cfl career he talks about getting into wrestling and not being, you know, who his dad was at that status and, and not liking that and, and being the hardest worker in the room. And now, you know, I mean, that guy's got the Midas touch, man. I mean, anything he touch, you know, this is one of those things. And I, I think, like I said, I think he's, he's going to bring the sizzle to the stake. I mean, the, the, the spring football is already there. It's been there. You know, I mean, look at all the spring leagues that have went, some sustained NFL Europe you know, USFL, XFL, all of them have been there. That's the stake. But they've always missed sizzle. And in um, the USFL back in the day had sizzle with Trump and then faded out because they tried to go head to head with the with an entity of the NFL. And that's the lovely thing about us is we're partnered with the NFL. So there's no, you know, one upmanship or or, you know, we're going to come get you as much as, hey, let us help you help us help you. And we have several guys that are on practice squads or, or things that have come to the XFL to get some tape. And a lot of that has to do with, with, you know, Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, you know, Jerry Cardinal, they, they, they see that. And when you have a person that's as popular, you may not know Danny as well. You may not know Jerry as well, but when you have Dwayne Johnson, who I tell you what's surreal is when I spent all this time with him in a green room and I was helping out and we talked and we had a good time. And then you go back to the hotel room and you turn on TV and there's San Andreas. And you're like, I was just with this dude, you know what I mean? And that's the part that gets you. And, and when you see, I see the show and everything and, and you see this, this massive guy who's this actor and, and then you get back and he's a humble dude, just like, like I am, trying to make it, except for he has made it. And in his mind, he still feels that he hasn't. And I admire, I admire that to, to, to the hilt.
0: He's definitely not let his ego get in the way of things, and I've never personally met him. But from I watch people, I look at them, I look at their dynamics, and what I can say is it's quite evident that he genuinely cares about the success of the exit. It's not just another business venture, right? He really, really cares about making a, a success, making an impact for so many players, and you know, helping them to. Achieve their dream too of continuing to play football. So it, it's just a great endeavor. And again, I'm just as excited as you for the kickoff here very soon. So, what I want to do now is I want to take you through my two minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready?
1: <laughs> I don't know, but I'll, I'll give it a shot.
0: All right, here we go. <laughs> first, uh, first question is What three words would you use to describe yourself?
1: Direct. Forward, positive.
0: <laughs> okay. What is one thing that most people don't know about you?
1: That I I do card tricks to slow my brain down.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
1: <laughs> I'm not a magician. I'm just a guy that does card tricks.
0: <laughs> All right. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion dollar company?
1: World champion. Why? Money. That's why they call it cash flow. Money comes and goes. But nobody takes that championship away from you ever, ever.
0: All right. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to?
1: I was watching Pat McAfee. I think he's like the it guy now, so.
0: (laughs) I gotcha. All right. Next question is, if you could have any song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be?
1: Probably um, LL Cool J, This Is How I'm Coming.
0: Okay, nice song in the past. <laughs> next question. What would your next career move be if you were guaranteed to succeed?
1: I'd probably want to be an NFL GM.
0: Nice. All right. Next question. You have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? Puerto
1: Rico. It's where, it's where my mom was born and I've never been. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of places in this world you can go, but it's it's pretty rare when you can see where your, your parents grew up or your mom one of your parents grew up and, and kind of embraced a culture and it's tough for me to embrace a culture in the United States because I don't look Puerto Rican, which I'm half, half black, half Puerto Rican. And so I just think that's important to understand all of that. I mean, I, I joke about it. And when I have a name like Jose, you always have to answer questions and my Spanish isn't as good as it, as it should be, but I would definitely go where my mom grew up in my OAs and, and just kind of because i mean my dad's from mississippi and i've been to mississippi and i and i've seen where he's grown up and and i've embraced that and and it's an eye opener when you grew up in omaha nebraska and and you're you're down in the south and now you know i want to go to where yeah, i mean just like with mississippi i have relatives there i want to go to where i have relatives in puerto rico so absolutely first place
0: totally makes sense and you knew that one right off the bat all right the bonus question is M&M's, plain or peanut?
1: Gotta go peanut. Gotta put the peanut in there. Gotta get the more bang for the buck there.
0: There you go. All right, Jose. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. As we look to close, let people know where are you at on social media? How can they follow you? Keep up with you.
1: It's usually like Facebook. I'm pretty easy. You know, Jose Jefferson. And I think I'm Jose Jefferson 70 on Twitter. But if you go to CGS. You know, I think it's CGS All-Star on Twitter, CGS All-Star on Facebook, Instagram. You can usually find me <laughs> right hand to God. I am terrible at it. So I just tell people to email me, jose.jefferson at com. I, I, I'll respond to a lot of, of that a lot quicker. Or even Facebook is easy for me too, so.
0: I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, we'll put your links, social links in the show notes so people can follow you and keep up with all the great things that you are doing with the XFL, with CGS.
1: And horns forward. Horns forward. Brahmas. There you go. <laughs> yes. Looking
0: forward to uh, to these, the season here and um, good luck to the team. Thank you again for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been awesome.
0: And thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode. If you like today's show and you haven't already done so, make sure you follow the podcast so that you never miss a future episode. And also share the show with a few friends too. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. And all right, everybody, we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends too. Next, I want you to go to getinsidethehuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.